So, um, you know, for the better part of this year, we've been seeing some common things. We've been talking a lot about faith, and we've been talking about our relationship with God and what that means, what that looks like, and why we want to have a relationship. And we've also been talking about prayer, how to have our prayers answered. And uh, we've been kind of hammering some things in. And, you know, we've seen a lot of things. Everything draws back to faith or a lack of, faith or a lack of. And uh, so I hope that the teaching so far has been very clear. I hope you're receiving that and starting to apply it. And um, now we're kind of going to get into the, the, the meat and potatoes, so to speak, the, 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 the nuts and bolts, the, the cognitive part of this, and start breaking things down and start looking at things um, more individually, specifically, in different elements of our lives where we may be lacking. Um, one of the things that we've looked at time and time again is that God is always the same. So if we're not receiving from him or not having our prayers answered, the problem is not on his end. It's got to be on ours. So we're going to start specifically looking at some of these things that we may not take into consideration that might be a block or a barrier between us and God. Let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, Father, just to get into your word, Father, to be able to, to take a portion of it with us. Father, we ask you to open our hearts and our minds to receive it, Lord. We just ask you to take myself out of the way and just let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So, we have, have one of our biggest problems as a, a man, a woman, a human, is the fact that we are human. That is one of our biggest obstacles, because here we are, we are born in this world of sin. We have been programmed by the world. We are whispered by Satan, all these different things. We are, have generational things that's passed down from generation to generation. We are under influence of other people that's pushing a personal agenda instead of pushing what God wants for us. So we have all these external and internal factors that's distorting our image of who God is and what we are to be doing. And that's one of our biggest challenges when it comes to faith, is being able to look at things differently to think differently, to reprogram and no longer be looking at things through the eyes of the world, through the eyes of man, but start seeing it through the eyes of Jesus, to see the way God has it intended for us. So, one thing is that we have as a, as a problem is we have a need for justification. We want things to be fair and just. And one of the problems is the world is not fair and just. We take Jesus as our prime example. He never done anyone wrong. He didn't deserve anything that happened to him because he was sinless, without sin, but yet... He was mocked, he was beaten, 
People didn't understand him. People didn't believe who he was. Jesus did not have a very good time here. Life isn't fair. And things happen. So, uh, when things happen, or people come against us, we often want to retaliate. So, to dive, to dive today's message is revenge. And how revenge affects our lives. And as we go through these different studies that we're going to be looking at, I want you to look at why God tells us what he's telling us. What is the purpose behind this? And today's message is coming from Romans 12, and we'll start in verse 17. You want to turn there. Romans 12 and 17. Recompense, no man evil for evil. Provide things honestly in the sight of all men. If it is possible as much as I lie to live peaceably within all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If thy thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome of evil, but be overcome with good. I want to tell you about a, a study that they did at a Preston College. They kind of talked about the how people think, how it works. And they had a big class, and it was a uh, something to do in finance or something like that, economic business. So each of them, each student was given a specific amount of money, and they was through the course of the class, been able to invest this money to grow it. This was like a, a real thing. It was, you know, we're talking real money here. It wasn't just a project, but it was here. You know, so, now during the course of the event, one student, and of course this is all part of the whole process, but one student caused everyone else to lose money. So there was a, a financial loss. Everyone felt some kind of a, a loss during this process. So the twist was, each student was given the opportunity to be able to take more money and use it to punish the person that caused them the problem. So for a loss of resources, they could apply more resources and cause justification to this person that caused them harm, i.e. revenge. And then, so they did that. So then they was looked at it later, and they were each one that decided to do that, they were questioned, does this make you feel better? And long term, the result is no. To get to the, the, the psychological part of it is, is because when we are seeking restitution, revenge, that we're trying to get that justification that we desire, 
that it constantly stays on our minds. We're constantly thinking about it. You know, God tells us to forgive. Because when we forgive, we are letting go. And we're definitely going to talk more on forgiveness later on. But, you know, we're, we're letting it go constantly. And I picked one set of verses today to work off of. And I could have picked a ton more. This is not one of these subjects we just see one time. But it's oftentimes one we see where one, one verse is pulled and people use that for their own justification. You know, we have back in, in Exodus, we see an eye for an eye. And in our human ways, many times we look to the Word of God and we already have our minds made up what we want to do. And we should never look at the Word of God that way. We should look at the Word of God openly, open heart, open-mindedly, to see what God is telling us. Not with a made-up mind and looking for justification for what's already there. You know, the purpose of, of all this and this intense study and getting back to basics is, you know, many times we fool ourselves. We think that we are in a good position. We think we're doing what we're supposed to do. You know, people will ask, well, and ask you, you know, what's your, your relationship with God? And I said, well, I'm a Christian. Well, what exactly does that mean? You know, I go to church. Well, what does that mean? Because you can go to Walmart, but that don't mean you're a, a Walmartian. You know, it's your location, where you're at, you know, what you're doing. That does not show what your heart says, what your mind says. And we can claim anything we want to claim, but our actions speak differently. You know, you can look at what people do, you know, well, I go to church every Sunday, I'm a Christian, but then turn around and look at what they're putting out into the world. And it may not be always a, a negative thing. You know, um, you look at someone's Facebook status, for example, and they may pass on a colorful little card with some kind of uh, inspirational quote or something on that. And it's not something that's even biblically correct. But it sounds good, it looks good, so we put it out there. But we, we hold on to these things, and we, we dwell on it. And we're going to keep going back to different things we looked at. We've talked about time. How do we use our time? Is dwelling on something that happened to us in the past a good use of time? That commodity that we can't get back? That commodity that's limited? That commodity that we don't know how much we have going forward? Is dwelling on that something that we should be doing? Is plotting to get even with someone, to get our justification, to get back at them, is that a good use of our time because we don't have to because God is taking care of all the ins and outs he knows each and every one of our misfortunes he knows each and every one of our 
times when we were treated poorly, when we weren't justified, when we were treated unjust, when things went bad for us. He knows each and every record of that. And he also knows who caused it. Dearly beloved, avenge not thyself, but rather give place on the wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. God is always a giving God. And we see count after count when things were lost that he replenished them above and beyond. We look at Job. Job lost everything and Job was given back multiple times more than what he had before. He was given more children. He was given more cattle. He was, everything that he lost, it was replenished more so. Abraham, every time he suffered a setback, God set him up. But we know from what God tells us is we cannot accept what he has for us if we are not allowing him to work in our lives. If we are trying to fix things that are out of our hands, if we are trying to do things that only God can do, if we are trying to do what he tells us he's going to take care of, guess what? He's going to step back and he's going to allow us to try. And I say try because none of us can step up and fill God's shoes. Nothing we can do can ever be any way, in any shape or form, close to what God has for us. We think that we are justified, that we think we are are getting even. We think we are, are setting the record straight. And all we are doing is hurting ourselves. We are hurting ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally. We are not allowing God to work the way he is intended. We can only be in the light or in the darkness. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. If you walk into a dark room, the only way to overcome that room with darkness is to fill it with light. If this room was dark and we walked in with a candle, it would light up a small section of it. But I can walk through and I can hit the switches over there and these LEDs will come on and the whole room is engulfed with light. That is what God is telling us to do. The goodness we do is the light. And it comes back to choices. Do you see a theme here? Every time, everything that we do goes back to the basics, to the basic choices. Do we want to walk in the light? Or do we want to walk in the dark? And it's difficult. It's difficult. Once again, another theme. Anything worthwhile is difficult. Anything that goes against what the world tells us, what 
our bodies feel is difficult, but it's necessary. And the reward is great because these are the things. When we get to, get to these points, we can do these things. That allows God to work in our lives. That allows God to work through us. And that is a power that cannot be contained. But this is a challenge for us because, you know, of course we see the, the, the grand movies where something horrible happens and, and the, the, the hero goes and he takes it into his own hands. You know, the you know, Batman, for instance, you know, he goes out to avenge evil because of the, the loss of his parents and different things like that. But, you know, it, it's, we're not talking about just these grand things. Each and every day, there's things that happen to us that affect us, affects our minds. You know, from the, the telemarketer that calls during the middle of the dinner, you know, you happen to think that if we could just report them, if we could just do something to, to, to stop them, make them find, you know, there's constantly uh, advertisements for all different kinds of things. If this happened to you, call this law form. If this happened to you, call this law form. If this happened to you, call this law form. And time and time again, we have people that do things to us and we want to do something back. We even see it as small children. One brother does something to the other and the other one will retaliate. So what about this eye for an eye? Is God contradicting himself here? No. At the time, we look back into the, the, the history. We have to, to study. We have to look deeper than just one verse. We can't go through and just pick out one verse and say, oh, this is what it is. We have to look at the whole picture. Because this is the whole picture of the whole world. And these people at this time, they were looking for structure. They wanted God at arm's length. They didn't want to live by faith and, by, and be taken care of by God. They wanted to be able to prove what they could do. They wanted, it. They wanted set rules. They wanted a law. And this was simply a way for... This was like the first case law. If we're looking at a, uh, from a legal standpoint, you know, case law is when something happens, uh, they make a ruling on it, so they refer back, well, this was how they ruled this time, so they keep looking back to keep the rulings the same. This was a way of making rulings, so when something happened. So if we were to go before a judge and they said, well, you cost this man an eye, well, then the payment shall be yours. This is not telling us to take things into our own hands. It's not telling us to seek our own retribution. Otherwise, it would just be a continuous cycle that would never end. You hurt me, I hurt you. You hurt me back, I hurt you. Go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No, Jesus tells us to break the cycle. says to 
If thy enemy hunger, feed them. If thy thirst, give him drink. For in doing ho, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Think about that for a moment. See, we live in this world of retaliation. We expect it. If we do something, we are constantly looking for the results. If you was to blow past the stop sign, you're looking around to see if anyone's coming after you. We're always waiting for something to happen. We're programmed this way. So whenever you act differently, it's mind-blowing. It makes someone think, what is wrong with this person? What makes them so different? Why would they act that way? And the answer is Jesus. Jesus in us, Jesus coming out of us. And you know the thing is, whatever's lost is lost. You can't really get it back. It's not the same thing. You know, things come and go. Empires grow, empires fall. You can take a $100 bill and you can spend that $100 bill and make $100 back. But it's not the same $100. There's nothing that takes away the pain. There's nothing that fixes what happened. It happened. It's in the past. And nothing's going to change that. I've interviewed many people. You know, most of the things that we do is because of impulse, because of feelings. We hear the word crime of passion. Something happens to us and we respond, oftentimes violently. And when that happens and time goes by, and they ask that person, was it worth it? Did it make you feel better? And the answer is no. See, there's a point where you take something that you can turn loose of it, you can let it go, you can give it to God, you can be free from it. But when you act on it, when you do something on it, it becomes part of you. And you can never let it go. We look at David and the actions of his sins. And yes, he was forgiven by God. He repented. But these things stick with you. And God doesn't want us bogged down with these different things. He's telling us this stuff for a reason. And we look at that, that and it says, well, hey, we should do good and we should let go of things. And that sounds like godly things to say. I mean, that's, you know, 
You expect me to sit over here and say things like that because that's my job, right? And that's what God's job is. But no, He's telling us this not for His benefit, not for the benefit of the world, but for each and every one of our individual benefits. He wants us to be free. Free of sin. Free of Satan's grasp. And free of ourselves. Do you know that we can torture ourselves better than anyone else? You know, you think Satan's good at it? We're better at it than he is about ourselves because we know ourselves so good. And what do we do? We let things happen to us. Things happen to us, whether we let them or not, but things happen to us. And we put up walls around it. And instead of letting it go, we box it in. We keep it. We are mental hoarders. And sometimes we leave it there, and sometimes we take it out and we play with it. And sometimes we use it for a seed, and we fertilize it, and we water it, and that seed grows into something evil. It's difficult, but we have to start thinking differently. We have to let it go. And it goes back again. See how we're going to keep going back. It goes back into trusting God. Believing that God's going to do what he says. And he says that vengeance is his. He says that he will restore. So are we going to believe that? Are we going to believe that he will restore? Are we going to believe that he will take care of the situation? That he will set things right? We don't know how he's going to do it. We don't know if it's in this lifetime or the next. But we do know that he will set things right. That everything that was unjust will be taken care of. And every unjust thing that we do will be answered for. But it's not for us. It's for our peace. Can you imagine that? A perfect peace where we don't have to worry about what other people do, what other people's done, the things that's happened. We ain't got to wait for heaven. We can have that now if we just trust in God. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. We ask that, Father, that we're studying challenging subjects and things that are hard to change from where we're used to, Father. Things that are, are difficult and, and hard to go against the grain of what the world has taught us is correct and what we've been programmed all this time, Father. So we ask for, for ease in this. We ask to realize, Father, that when the world is talking to us and not you, Father, and know the differentiation of that voice, that we'll have the strength to overcome and be able to, to handle these things, Father, when it comes. To have the strength, Father, just to let go and let things pass. To turn things over to you. To have that trust and that faith, Father, knowing that you have each and every answer and that everything you say is true and correct. 
We ask that if anyone needs to make a decision, Father, needs to make a change, whether it be for salvation, whether it be for church membership, whether it be for just a change in their life, to just, to just say, hey, I'm not going to do this this way anymore, that things have got to be different. Whatever the need and situation is, we ask that it be taken care of today, Father. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 17 in your hymnal.